This is Viterbi Voices, the podcast, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more directly from our faculty, students, and other members of the engineering community here at the University of Southern California. This is episode 99 and another one of our admission FAQ episodes. Tune in to hear Paula Desma, Rebecca Biter, and Stacey Badger answer some of the most commonly asked questions about the USC Viterbi admission process. Welcome to Viterbi Voices. This is episode... 99. 99. Ooh. One away from 100. That's so exciting. Uh, welcome back in. My name is Paul Ledesma. I'm the Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And my name is Rhea Chowdhury. I'm a senior studying biomedical engineering here at USC. And Rhea, for today's podcast, uh, for all of you listeners, we have some extra special guests in the house. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, extra special guest number one. Hi, my name is Becky Bider. I'm the Associate Director of Undergraduate Admission for Viterbi. And I'm Stacy Badger. I'm the brand new assistant director of admission at U- uh, for USC Viterbi. This is really exciting. We've got our part of our admission staff here mm-hmm. in the office um, because this episode is going to be all about how to apply to USC, the, the, the admission process, the application process, frequently asked questions, uh, stuff we're getting a lot of. It's the beginning of November. Students are filling out their applications. They've got so many questions. We get a lot of them via email. We get a lot of them in person. We get a lot of them just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. so, and I know, Rhea, when you went through the process, you had things that you were thinking about. Oh, yeah. And so we wanted to just kind of have this conversation and open it up to, like, questions that we normally get and how we can answer them and hopefully help people out there in our in our uh, listening um, and our group of listeners that are out there. <laughs> and really special, uh, Becky, of course, has been here for, for years, and some of you may know her. Uh, Stacy is brand new. Stacy, this is day... Three. Day th- this is your <laughs> third three. day. Oh wow. <laughs> and already on the podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, in three days. I don't know how long we took Michael to get it. Took him like nine days. Nine days in the podcast. So that's, I think new it's, record. It's a rite of passage. When you start here, you have to get on the podcast. So thanks for playing along. And Stacy, tell us a little bit about your background, where you come from, and what you've done, and how you found yourself working with us. For sure. So I'm actually from Orange County, so not too far away, kind of grew up in the area, went to USC, um, graduated in 2016, so almost three years ago now, so not too far away. Um, But I recently came from a different position where I was a college advisor at Garden Grove High School. So I have worked with a lot of students who are applying to uh, their freshman year of college, definitely. Um, And a lot of them were first time, uh, like first generation students, so they didn't have a lot of experience in applying. So I'm well equipped with working with people who have never done anything college related or have some experience. So Yeah, it's really yeah. exciting to have you here from the what we call in the admission world the other side of the desk. Yes, <laughs> uh, working on the high school side with years of experience there, and we're excited to have you with us and uh, to to inform our listeners because this is day three. We're still training you on everything that we do, so it's a cool opportunity for you to be in this podcast because you're not necessarily going to have answers to a lot of these questions, but you're going to have a lot of the same questions, and mm-hmm. you bring a whole slew of experience of what a typical high school student would want to know questions about. So, I figure we'll just start it off uh, and and. Um, First thing that we should talk about, the admission process at USC. First off, we are a common app school. Mm-hmm. And so students fill out the common application. That's at commonapp.org. Or if you go to our website, which is viterbiadmission.usc.edu, and click on the apply button, we have links that take you over to that. The common app school, in order to apply to USC as an engineering student, you fill out the common application. 
and you fill out the USC supplement as part of the common application. The only thing you need to do for the engineering school is indicate your interest in engineering or one of our engineering majors, which includes 30 plus programs and all the engineering degrees, including all the computer science areas, mm -hmm. and you have to list that as your first choice major on the application. So that's the one rule here is that you must list first choice major as one of our engineering disciplines. Note that I did not say anything about second choice. Mm -hmm. First choice major, first <laughs> choice major must be one of the engineering disciplines. Um, then fill out the application and submit it. That's, it's really as simple as that. We don't have any engineering application. We don't mm -hmm. have any engineering supplement. We don't want any extra information. We don't have you take any extra tests. There's nothing extra other than indicating your interest in an engineering discipline. Now, um, what people should understand is that applying to engineering at USC is no different than applying to USC overall, meaning that when you put down engineering as your first choice major, that does not affect your chances of admission whatsoever. And so it is not any more difficult to be admitted to the engineering school as it is admitted to the university. The university, bad news here, is that it is incredibly hard to get into. It is <laughs> highly selective and very competitive. Last year, the admission rate was around 13% to the university. Yeah. This year, we're expecting an increase in applications with the same targeted enrollment, which means you can expect that it will likely go down. So I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news right from the beginning, but it is just incredibly selective. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk more about that as we get into this process, but recognizing that applying to engineering doesn't change that. The increase of chances doesn't decrease your chances, and also inside of our engineering program, choosing one major over another does not necessarily change your chances of admission either. We have no impacted mm -hmm. programs, which means that it's not any more difficult to be admitted to biomedical engineering than it is admitted to civil engineering or computer science or electrical engineering, etc. So no impacted programs. For lack of a better term, just put down what sounds cool to you. Don't worry about it. We will admit you directly to the major of your choosing, but unique to our program rather than other engineering programs is that the uh, you're not locked into that program. And so when you get admitted to, let's say, biomedical engineering, we're lining you up ready to take biomedical engineering classes. You'll take the introduction to biomedical engineering, your first biomedical engineering class right away, day one, freshman year, fall semester at USC. But the whole point of doing that is to give you exposure to the discipline to find out whether you like it or not. So if you are interested in biomedical engineering but you're not 100% sure, that's exactly why we're asking you to apply to it because we're going to put you into it and have you figure it out. And if you don't like it, if you, if you realize, wow, after you take that biomedical engineering class, I don't like this, this is horrible, <laughs> that, that's fine. You can, you can switch to something else because if you've been admitted to one of our engineering disciplines, you're actually admitted to all of our engineering disciplines, meaning that don't worry too much about this application process. Put what sounds cool. We're not locking into that program. It doesn't change your chance of admission. And, but if you are incredibly freaked out, one of the op options on the application is undeclared engineering. So if you are equally interested in a number of our programs, then go ahead and put undeclared engineering. If you just can't choose, well, flip a coin or, <laughs> feel, or put down whatever sounds interesting to you uh, on that application. So that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts, I think, of the application process. But what are, what are some of the questions that we've been getting or that we traditionally get or stuff like that? Um, I think some of the questions that I've gotten just from students in, in presentations or, or over email, one is um, what kind of background do I need to have? If I'm applying mm. to computer science, what sort of programming experience, what sort of research do I need to have completed? You will have had to build your own robot by the time you apply. <laughs> or at yes. least have three hackathons. 18 <laughs> patents. Minimum three hackathons and 18 patents. That's exactly right. So, so that's a question that, that I've gotten um, a couple times over, especially the last few weeks as students have started to try and decide what type of engineering they want to apply to. Yeah. Um, and I think the, I, we're making jokes of it because we, we don't expect people to have a tremendous mm -hmm. amount of experience prior to coming into our engineering program. And mm -hmm. this, is, this is common in someone applying to computer science where they say, uh, I'm thinking about computer science. I think it sounds really cool, but I, I, don't, I don't 
I don't have programming classes offered at my high school, or I've never done it, or I've only maybe like dabbled and I took like a Khan Academy course real mm-hmm. quick. Or, hey, cool. All of that is welcome. Uh, if you have experience, great, fine. If you don't have experience, equally great. Um, we're going to teach everybody everything that they need to know. Uh, and in some situations, the lack of experience is sometimes cool because people think that they know more than they actually do when they've gone through some of these programming classes. So uh, they don't need any experience. We're not expecting that. And we don't expect your whole life in high school to be focused on engineering. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a spinoff of your question, which is like, so do I need to have like all of my activities be engineering or I don't have that available or I've been really involved in other stuff? That's cool. Yeah, and some some questions kind of going off of that that I've gotten also is my high school does offer engineering courses. They're offered at the same time as physics or calculus. Should I take the engineering courses? Oh, no. Or the math and science? <laughs> oh, no. And as you guys may have heard Paul say, oh, no. Focus on the math and science. If you have extra time in your schedule, take an engineering course. But it's, it's the math and the science courses that are going to be the foundation yeah. of everything mm-hmm. that you learn here. Here. Yeah, this happens a lot with like Project Lead the Way um, or like a really cool introduction to engineering class or really cool robotics class or programming class, for example. All of those things are fine if they are in addition to a strong academic preparation for college in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an interesting point about like, well, what do we look for in the application? Well, we need to see that you're prepared. And the only way that we can see that you're prepared is that you've been taking rigorous courses throughout high school and doing well in them. For math and science in particular, we do need to see calculus. I mean, that is a big, big deal. We do need to see at least a year of calculus. If you're in your first year of calculus right now, um, we are likely going to need to wait to make a decision on your application until we see your first semester of grades to see how well you're doing in that senior year calculus class. Um, but if you've already taken it, then cool, we're, gonna, we're just going to review what you have. Um, but calculus is important. As for science, four years of science, extended rigor in science, doing well across sciences. And you could be ro- enrolled in the classes based on your preference. We don't have certain requirements for physics or this or that or anything else. Um, do what sounds cool to you, what sounds interesting to you. Um, we don't have specific ones. Also because every science, every high school has different science class availability yeah i was going to mention um a lot of people ask if what if their school doesn't offer ap or ib classes how would they um take certain classes and demonstrate that academic rigor that you're talking about that's a great it's a great question and i think that what everyone needs to understand is that we're trying to understand the student in the context of their school Mm -hmm. and so every school does something slightly different um this school chooses to create a rigorous pathway through the International Baccalaureate Program, or otherwise known as the IB program. This school has APs. This school has a mix of APs and IBs. Um, But all three schools are are in the same district, and so people know about it, and they think they're in the better school or the worst school, or or I'm at a disadvantage to those applicants, and and that's not necessarily true. The important part that I, I said it fast earlier, but this is where it really outlines the definition of this, engaged in the highest levels of rigor available to you. And so not what's available at another school. So if there are many schools that have said we don't do any APs, and we admit those students all the time. Um, I can think of one particular school in a particular state that does not give grades. Uh, uh, And it's it's hard to review that at those applications, but we still do. Um, But that means that there's no GPA. Yeah. There's just a page-long subjective review oh of each student that's put into their file. Oh. It's a very specific, wow. very special school. Yeah. Um, and so people always think, like, no, no, my school's different. I'm like, nothing's as different as that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's fine. Stacey, <laughs> what are the thoughts you have? Well, I know a question I used to get a lot from um, the students I worked with. 
uh, when choosing a major and things like that, they always ask if they apply to something that's almost easier and mm. then they get to the school right. and then transfer to engineering later. Um, that's always a question that they have. Right. Um, I never recommended that, but what are your thoughts on that? Sure. Uh, and this is a little bit of what I was talking about earlier, so I'm glad you brought it up in that context because mm-hmm. that's really how students think of it. Is like, at the end of the day, what we need to understand is that this process is scary for high school students. Um, the the fear that's built into a competitive college admission process um, where it's so hard to get in and parents are so freaked out and they're doing whatever they can to increase their students' chances of being successful in their future means that they need to do whatever they can to increase their students' chances of admission to highly success or highly selective institutions, which is not necessarily true. Um, and at the end of the day, the college admission process is focused on, well, parents look at colleges and universities and they think, oh my God, it's so hard to get into college now. What a lot of people don't understand is that it is easier to get into college now than ever before because there are more colleges and universities now than ever before mm-hmm. looking to enroll students. And the grand majority of, uh, I'm going to take a guess that the grand majority of colleges have admit rates above 60 or 70%, meaning like they want you to come, we're going to help you figure it out. The issue is that most of these conversations are focused on literally 25 schools. And you can look at any ranking of schools or you can look at any FISC guide or, or Princeton Review top. Princeton Review is a little more generous with it. They say these are the 250 best schools. Um, <laughs> U.S. News and World Report. U.S. News and World Report. Everybody's got a ranking, right? New York Times, Forbes. Everybody's yeah. got a ranking because, you know, why? Because it sells magazines. <laughs> um, is it accurate? No, uh, it's not necessarily. Um, but But all of those tend to highlight the same 25 schools. Mm -hmm. And when you look at just the 25 schools, then that means that, yeah, if we're all trying to get into the same 25, we're increasing the selectivity and we're in that list, especially for engineering. So um, that's where that question comes from. So I want to spend some time to discuss that and and make sure people recognize that applying to USC engineering is perfect. We want you to, but also to think about broader lists of schools to apply with that to increase your chances of success in life in general. When it comes to USC, if a student were to think that engineering is harder to get into, hopefully I've dispelled that rumor already. It's not. And if they are not listening to this podcast and they apply to something else, let's say like a science major, or they apply to something entirely different, let's say philosophy, and they think, oh, that's the way in, right? Because I'm so smart that I'm going to apply to philosophy majors because <laughs> obviously they don't have quality philosophy applicants, which is totally not true. Um, first off, they would, they'd be wrong. They would not be changing their chances of admission. Uh, in fact, what they would be doing is hurting themselves in the application process. Because, first and foremost, well, they're lying. And it's actually pretty easy to see inauthentic elements in an application. Mm-hmm. Um, answer, like the, the, what you put down as your first choice major on the application is, in a sense, a cover letter to the rest of the application. Mm-hmm. It says, hi, my name is Stacy, and I'm interested in philosophy. Cool. Thanks, Stacy. Let's go see what you're curious about. And then when we read through these answers, it's going to be weird because you're going to like try to figure out why do you like one of the questions, why do you want to study what you want to study? And then it's just not going to be genuine. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, if you're interested in studying engineering, um, you probably have certain skill sets or you have certain traits like strengths in certain academic areas. And you probably have certain things you've been involved in. You have a certain way of do- doing things. And all those don't really 
line up with other majors necessarily. And so you might be actually hurting your chances because all those things that we tend to see and the, the traits and the skill sets related to engineering, we have a bias toward those. And so we say apply towards your strengths and your skill sets. And if that's an interest in engineering, perfect, we want to see it. And that's going to make a lot of sense to us. Uh, also, um, let's say that this all does work out and you that person somehow does get admitted as a philosophy major. Well, fine, cool. And then they say, cool, well, guess what? I really want to study engineering. Say, I got admitted, I want to study engineering. And we're going to say, okay, well, you can't do that. Um, and so this whole plan of getting in the, the quote-unquote easy major and then changing their major, actually, we don't even allow it to happen. Um, a student can work toward applying into engineering over the course of the next year while they're enrolled at USC, but what we're going to have them do is take specific courses where they need to get specific grades. It's not hard necessarily, and students do it all the time, but what that student has now done is added all of these hurdles and roadblocks that have never been there before with a, a decent chance that we're not, it's not going to work out because we're going to make them take classes. We're going to make them get really, really good grades in order to prove that they can do it. And those are engineering classes and math and science classes. And if they don't do it, then they won't get into engineering, and then they're going to be stuck. So that's not a good plan, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that that is sometimes a good plan for other universities. In fact, some universities even tell you to do that. Um, they'll, they'll, there are specific public institutions in the state of California that will publish admission rates towards specific majors and say, oh, you want to get into this blank program? Yeah, that's probably not going to work. So you should apply to this other program and then try to get in later. And that, that's not how we do it here. Mm -hmm. And I think um, just kind of talking about how the admission process actually works when we're reviewing. So on the application, you can put your first choice major and your second choice major. Um, and if you're not admitted, so let's say you do apply engineering and for whatever reason you're not admitted to the School of Engineering directly, um, you will automatically be considered for your second choice, whether that be philosophy or something else. Um, you will be considered for your second choice. And then if you're not admissible to that program either, there is a secret third choice that every student has of undecided. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what you put as your first or second choice, you can still be admitted to USC. And so that path is already laid out for you and you don't need to go and apply to what you think is the easy major um, from the get-go because you will be considered as undecided at the university. You're, you're, you're always considered for the university overall. Yeah. So like that <laughs> whole process is default happening. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon so what kind of things are you looking for in the application i know there's a couple of essays there's the quick takes which i know is unique to usc um what are, what kind of things stick out to you as a quality engineering candidate one thing I, I just want to mention, the quick takes, do not overthink those. <laughs> Whatever your favorite food is, put yeah. your favorite food. Your favorite band, what, you, what you're going to binge watch next. Like, don't think about this. Like, just literally, yeah. like, 
what's the answer? I mean, we get we get some. You know, my dream job is an admission counselor, which we know is not <laughs> these students' dream jobs, or they wouldn't be applying to engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, you know, that that's sort of a way for us to get to know a student's personality because you, mm-hmm. you don't really have to to think about them. My favorite food, pizza, done. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't don't overthink those. Don't spend a lot of time on them. Um, I get the question a lot. What will make my application stand out? Um, I can't really give you an answer because if I gave every student the same answer, then none of the applications would stand out. Um, <laughs> it's really sort of uh, the, those essays of short answer questions. Um, like Paul mentioned, it's sort of our way to get to know your interests. And so putting the major that you want to actually study is important because then the short answer questions that are asking um, about that are going to, is where you kind of elaborate. Why mm-hmm. engineering? Why this particular type of engineering? Um, and it lets us get to know the students. Mm-hmm. Um, we are looking to enroll a well-rounded class. So you guys may have all heard of the well-rounded student, um, but we also want a well-rounded class. So every single student, we don't want them to be the same. And so we can't say, we'll get involved in this and this and this, and and you'll get in. Um, Because again, if everyone did that, then it's no longer a well-rounded class. It's Mm -hmm. 400 freshmen that are all the exact same. And so um, we're really just looking to get to know the students, their interests, their personalities, what they want to do with their major, what sort of their goals are in life. Um, And so we really want an authentic um, voice coming from the students in those essays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... um in the application itself, the COMAV, if people haven't looked at it, there's a, a, a larger essay, and then we have some additional like short answer questions. Mm-hmm. Um, for engineering in particular, for if you're applying to engineering, you'll, you'll see two more short answer questions than anyone else applying to USC, uh, and they're related to engineering disciplines and also just like themes re- that we, we have. Um, it's not... I think what's important to understand is that there isn't... Uh, high school students often and are successful high school students and students that are applying to our program are very used to knowing how to do well mm-hmm. um, and a conversation or a thing that you have in your head whenever you enter a class is what do I got to do to get an A in this class and so formulaically trying to figure out the plan um, and unfortunately fortunately or fortunately this this process is sometimes inappropriately applied to a college admission process where, like, okay, I'm going to figure out the formula. I'm going to figure out what I need to do to get the A on my college admission (laughs) process, and there's no grades, and there's no way. Um, We are, uh, I think the one thing I want people to do is not overthink it, um, which I know is easier said than done. Uh, I want students to be authentic in their responses. I also know full well that telling a 17-year-old to be authentic in their writing is is is, is probably the worst thing I could ever tell them. It's, it's probably <laughs> so the, jokes are okay. <laughs> it's the scariest thing. Jokes are fine, uh, but but I know it's scary. Funny. It's like scary. <laughs> like, what's that? As long as they're funny. As long as they're funny, exactly. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, uh, be authentic. Um, wh- whenever your brain is telling you to find the answer or the strategy or, oh, I wonder what they're looking for here, like fight against that do whatever you possibly can trust your instincts when you are reading a question that says why do you want to study what you want to study like what's your first gut reaction to that you know like there's like in real when you go back to your high school years mm-hmm. but why biomedical engineering at that point at that point yeah at that point i was um 
looking to be pre-med, so I was one, I wanted to be a doctor, but I think the thing that drew me the most to engineering was the ability to actually feel what I was building and, like, actually build something hands-on and a tangible solution to medical problems right. rather than just, like, diagnosing or talking to a patient. I still wanted to do that, but I wanted to do that in a more tangible sense. And see, I guess my point is that is a perfect answer for you, mm-hmm. and that makes sense for you. And, and you would probably write a well-constructed response around those general ideas. But that's not the same. That doesn't mean that that's the right answer because someone else wants to go into BME for a very particular reason. Mm-hmm. And maybe they want nothing to do with medical school or maybe they're only <laughs> focused on some sort of uh, thing that's going on in their life or maybe they were inspired to go down that way because of something that has happened to them or a family member and they learned about that process and they looked into it. and then, Or maybe they just love biology and they, don't, mm-hmm. they want to do something with it. Or... They love calculus and they love biology and they figured there's something in between there. Like it's, those are all very authentic answers. And my mm-hmm. point is that there isn't a single answer. We want them to find their, their right and true answer. So authenticity is important. Uh, I think what a, a common pitfall of our application process is that an- sometimes these answers are not well constructed and they're not written well, which means they're not communicated well, which means that we don't understand them, which means that that's just another reason for us to move on, mm-hmm. right? When we get so many applications, it's, in a sense, from a pessimistic standpoint, it's like, don't give us reasons to move on. Don't make us scratch our heads and wonder what's going on. Um, don't make us, like, work harder in this process. Like, help us understand who you are because this is all we have to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing in particular, uh, I guess, is the answer to your question. Not, okay. we're not, there's not something that stands <laughs> out. Um, we just want you to be, to be the best and most in-depth and fulfilling representation of who you are. And if you've done that, then you've done the best you possibly do. Um, how accurate is, so online, I believe there's a freshman profile that's yeah. published. Yeah. How accurate is that? And then some people ask about like averages and, and statistics and stuff. No, that's, that, is the, mm-hmm. that is the exact answer. And so when students are asking like averages and statistics, yes, the USC freshman profile mm-hmm. that's available at the USC admission site, mm-hmm. that's exactly the answer. And it's important to understand that those ranges, like we give middle 50%, mm-hmm. that's far more helpful than an average. Yeah. Um, and so take a look at 50%, which means that that middle 50% of the span of people that we admitted or whatever category you're looking at, 25% were above that, 25% were below that. Mm-hmm. Um, what you'll find is that at the end of the day, no matter who you are, you're likely in that range. Right, because if 25% of our students that were admitted were below that middle 50%, that means it's likely including you if you're below that. So what that means is that by looking at that data, it doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> it tells you, cool, I have a score like everybody else, mm-hmm. <laughs> and cool, my chances of admission are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Because even if you're in the above, if you're in the above 25, 25th percentile of that middle 50, mm-hmm. You know what the freshman profile doesn't tell you is it doesn't tell you the profile of the students that we did not admit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can make a guess that it's pretty similar. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, scores are not what gets people admitted, uh, especially when more and more these days, SAT scores and GPAs, everybody's coming in with relatively the same ones. I mean, doing well is, is, is common now, and a selective admission process is not based on qualifications, mm-hmm. uh, meaning, like, did you do well in classes yeah, you did. Cool. Now what's more unique is what Becky was talking about, which is what makes you who you are so we can determine whether we want to make you part of um, uh, part of the uh, overall kind of class that, that we're going to be pulling different people from. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone. This is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. 
It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. Oh, so I do have a question. Um, I know we talked a lot about the common app and what's required on there. Um, I know the Coalition app is something that's becoming more and more popular. Um, Is USC part of that at all or just not at all? Yeah, the Coalition app that some students might be familiar with, uh, we are not part of the Coalition application, so we are only on the Common application. And so if you want to apply to USC, it is strictly Common application, so commonapp.org. Do you think USC will ever be part of the Coalition app? Unlikely. Okay. Uh, But I don't know. you know, every year is something different. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I should I should take back unlikely. I don't know. Um, the future of college applications will constantly be changing, um, and I think that um, we want to make sure that we are doing what's best for students and also what's helping our process as best we possibly can. Um, as of right now, we have no plans. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that, that I do see um, questions about in, in our email and, and meeting with students is just sort of the extra stuff that's required for an engineering application. I know, Paul, you touched briefly on this, that there is nothing extra. You're just yeah. applying to USC. Yeah. You fill out the application. Um, there are, like he mentioned, there are two additional engineering questions. But if you put enge- one of the engineering majors as your first choice major, they will auto-populate. So it's not a separate tab in Common App. It's not a separate mm-hmm. section you need to mm-hmm. fill out. Um, so as long as you're filling out four short answer questions, two are from the university, two are from engineering, you are good. Please fill them out. They are required. I would just say fill out whatever Common App's telling you to fill right. out. Because it's, it's a smart <laughs> application. Like if it's got a field, fill it out. Just and fill it like, out. It Be like, safe than sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we also get the question about the additional document students need to send in so it's it's just your your transcript your test scores so either the SAT or the ACT um, and one letter of rec is required if you want to sit, submit more you are welcome to but I believe there is a two letter limit um, we don't care if you send in one or two just whoever you want to submit a letter of rec it can be from um, a math teacher it can be from an English teacher it can be from an employer if you have a part time yeah. job we don't, yeah. we don't really care who it comes from mm-hmm. um, and then SAT2 subject tests are not required okay. they're not recommended we don't ask for them we don't care mm-hmm. like I don't ask I don't care <laughs> <laughs> if they're in there we will use them Yeah. so but if they're they're not in there that's that's what we expect. We expect to not have SAT two. So the scores test. just come in like one package together, and you can see everything from SAT. They all come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like typically, if you're sending SATs, if you took SAT twos, we likely end up getting them. I think. Yeah. But I think there might be an option for students to opt out. Okay. Honestly, it doesn't matter. I yeah. mean, like all we what we're asking for is SAT or ACT. Mm-hmm. That's it. Cool. Uh, if you took both, you took both ten times. <laughs> send them all in. I mean, like whenever in doubt, just send them in. It's not going to hurt you at USC to have more data. We're only going to look at your best possible data points. Uh, and the SAT subject test, we don't ask for. Like, we just don't ask for it. That doesn't mean it's recommended. It doesn't mean you get extra points. It doesn't mean, like, oh, my gosh, that's what's actually the secret of getting admitted. No, <laughs> don't ask for them. And they quite literally don't care about them. Um, and what I really care more, more about is, is your calculus grade. Because usually that, that's what people are asking about. It's like, oh, so, like, my math 2C score and my subject test, that's what's really important? No, it's not. It's, it's like calculus. You're great in calculus. Or AP scores in calculus. If you have AP scores, send those in. That's important, too. Um, what I would want uh, to also add on to that is that guy get a question all the time saying, well, who should I have write my letters of recommendation? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is, I mean, you, you you mentioned it briefly, but like people, teachers, you have good relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not a strategy that needs to be employed with that either. And sometimes people think, well, because I'm applying to engineering, I need to get like my math teacher, or my science teacher. And I always say the same thing. I'm like, you know who writes the worst letters of recommendation? <laughs> <laughs> math teachers. And, and also with math teachers, if you know, if you guys are applying to engineering, you're probably pretty strong in math and science. Those might be classes where you just walked in, got an A, and left. Yeah. Where other teachers, you may have, you know, gone to office hours or, or worked more closely with them, and they just know you better as a person and as a student, and those may be better letters of rec. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had my English teacher write my letters of rec. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I want students to think about their relationships, mm-hmm. and that could be like an activity structure. That could be a coach. That could be a boss yeah. at a job that you have. Uh, that could be someone that is a mentor to you because you work with them very, very carefully. I, my point is this is that big part of strategy. Like, the, don't think about who we want to hear about. Think about who knows you, who could talk about you, and speak about things that will help us understand you better. And that often means, this is one thing that tends to come up, that means I don't care if your Aunt Sally went to USC. <laughs> it's like, oh, i got to get one of the alums to write the letter. No, because I know Aunt Sally loves you. I don't care what she thinks. <laughs> I much rather care about your English teacher that you spend all your time with at school because they're the advisor to your student club that you've done all this work in. That makes so much more sense to me. Mm -hmm. And don't find the one USC alum that happens to work with dad at that one company who writes a letter. (laughs) I know they don't know you. It's just, it's not like there's a, there's not a strategy. There's not a point system. And I think that's the underlying basis of a lot of this is that there isn't this magical, like add points to the application. Mm -hmm. It's about, how do we get to know you so that we can make decisions? And I think that's the thing I would want to bring up at this point, which is there's no way to do this perfectly. There's no secret formula. And I know people know that, but there really isn't. And I know that's frustrating for parents because you and students like that, that do everything you can starting from pre-K to be in the right schools, to be prepared for that kindergarten process to be in the right elementary school to therefore go to the right middle middle school to go to the right high school so that you can you're setting all these things up and you feel like you've done all that and you want to then continue that process of the right steps and at this point with this highly selective institution you've done all that that's perfect our process is not so much objective or quantitative it is highly highly subjective in a very good way Uh, because when we look at an application pool that is almost exactly the same, they've taken almost exactly the same classes and they've got almost exactly the same grades, they've literally got the same preparation, Um, that means that they all kind of cancel each other out. They're all like equally prepared. Um, And who we decide on who we want to bring into our class is usually based on what we believe the interactions between those applicants will end up having. Like, how do we build that class that Becky talked about, not making individual decisions on individual students. Mm -hmm. Um, And for the parents, I always say this is very similar to anyone they've ever hired at their job. Mm -hmm. Um, This process is very similar to a job application process, Um, meaning that if you're a parent in the room, you can think about the last time that you uh, hired somebody or you're part of your company's hiring process, you didn't just ask for a stack of resumes and find the one highly qualified candidate and say, yep, that's our person. We're bringing her into this position. Uh, you found a lot of people that were qualified. You, you dismissed people that were not qualified in that pool. 
but some you saw there might be some potential because you saw something in their application or their, their resume that was interesting to your company, your culture, or your end goal. And then you got to know them better. And in that process, that involved interviews. With us, we have this really lengthy application. But they're seeking the same thing, which is, who is the person? What do they think? How do they think? What do I feel like is going to be a good fit for them in our corporate culture, in our team culture, maybe if I'm the supervisor, whether they're going to be working with me? And that's literally the same conversations that we're having, just on a different scale with a different data set. And so when we end up making decisions, it's much more on those subjective qualities, not on the objective quantitative factors of preparation, Mm -hmm. Um, meaning that all the things you're worried about with grades and SAT, we're not necessarily, and we're diving into who people are. And uh, at the end of the day, when we make admission decisions, we're likely admitting people um, that look exactly the same as someone else on paper, uh, but they're just very different. And I think we do a good job of this, but that also means that, like, you know, there's a lot of people that we can't admit just because we just don't have the space. Could you describe, like, a typical USC student? No, and that's yeah. why. Um, <laughs> Trick you know, question. Yeah, no, it's a good. Yeah, like that's kind of like the same thing. Like, well, yep. what got them into that? And I think ev- the the main answer is that everybody is admitted for very different reasons, and uh, the typical USC student is really nothing typical at all. And mm-hmm. each one, look, I mean, they're they're all have an underlying foundation of preparation. Uh, they are all seeking a place where they want to collaborate effectively. Um, they want to use engineering for the good of humanity. Um, but that's all of our applicants, I hope. I mean, if, if that's not you, I mean, we've got other issues in the world. Um, but this is, there's not really a way to do that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Others? Other thoughts? Other frequent asked questions? The deadline mm-hmm. is December 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the deadline. Now, now, we do not do anything early. We don't do early action. We don't do early decision. We don't do early... Uh, there's so many other ones that are out there. E- Restrictive. Early I, something. We don't do anything <laughs> early. Trust me, that is for your benefit. Um, yeah, I know some people think that like we're, it's just it's not a good idea. Uh, so <laughs> we don't do anything early, which means that we're not going to put you in any any. Com- uh, we're not going to make you think that you have a better chance of admission by applying. December first is not an early deadline. But it is a deadline if you would like to be considered for merit-based scholarships. There is no scholarship application. It just means getting your common application in the USC supplement, everything we described is how to apply, in to the Common App portal by December 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, and do that. There's no reason not to. There's no reason that anyone should not apply by the December 1st deadline. And make sure you submit both the Common App and the writing supplement. Yes. Um, because there have been students in the past who have just submitted one and thought that they had applied, but they actually hadn't completed their application. Yeah, your com- complete application is defined as the common application and the USC writing supplement. There's like two check marks or something. Like yeah. Two little green lights, something like that. Just make sure they're both there. Yeah, make sure they're there. And, um, you know, some people say, like, well, I won't have my transcript in by time. Yeah, it can come in later. We don't have that letter of reckoning time. That could come in later. That's fine. We realize these things end up happening, but completing the stuff that you have to complete, I guess, is the thing. And we're going to want to see your fall grades anyways. Anyway, yeah. So you can send your transcript in at a later date just so we have those fall senior year grades. They are important. I get that question a lot. 
are my senior year grades important in the fall? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. They're your most recent work. They're probably your most um, rigorous courses. Yeah. <laughs> so they are very, very important. Mm-hmm. They can come in later. Um, you want them to get them in as soon as possible after that, that deadline because we can't review an application unless it is complete. Without grades, we can't make any decisions. Well, we'll start reviewing applications. Yeah. We just can't make a decision. Right. We can't, we can't yeah. make decisions. Um, so you want to get those in soon thereafter. But the only thing we're going to hold you to as far as the December 1st deadline is the Common App Writing Supplement. Yeah. Um, so that's December 1st, so I would make sure and do that. Now, if for some weird reason you can't meet that deadline, then the final deadline is January 15th. Um, so you just need to get your application in at that point. Um, but no reason to miss those, those deadlines. Get that in. And if something happens, like over the course of December, they win some award or something, is there they a way for them to email? Things. They okay. can always add things. And so I think that's what's important cool. is that once you complete your application and once we like process it, which would take a little bit, some of you may have already applied, um, and some of you may have already actually gotten this email. Uh, you're going to receive an email that says, like, hey, we got it, we're working, and then it will give you a direct link into your USC applicant portal, um, which is a very specific thing this year, and maybe previous applicants didn't have the same one. Um, and if you didn't get that email, you can go to admission.usc.edu slash status. Um, but you have a direct link in your email if you applied. And that email will take you straight into your portal to see, like, do you have everything? Are we waiting for anything else? Do you want to add anything else to that? It's a live file. We don't need anything extra. Trust me on this one. We really (laughs) don't need anything extra than stuff you put in unless something has dramatically changed or if we are asking for additional information. Um, One thing to to think about, if there is something you want us to know about you, I mean, all we know about you is what you you tell us, um, what you write about. If there's something you want us to know about you when we're reviewing your application, but there's not a place to put it in the application, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't answer one of the question prompts, um, don't force it. Because then we have this weird answer to that's not answering the actual question that mm-hmm. you're answering. Um, don't force it. You can always submit additional information. So just answer the questions. And then if there's something specific you want us to know, um, whether it be about maybe a semester you didn't do as well, maybe you had mono, you were out for many weeks, um, or something happened, um, or just information, things that you've done that you want us to know about, you can always submit additional information. And anyone who reviews your application will see it. I have a question about the additional information. Mm-hmm. So I used to always tell students to only put something in there if it's really, really important and it's not your time to sort of be like, USC was my dream school. I've been oh, wanting yeah. to go here forever. So like making yes. sure that <laughs> it actually is different also from what was in the application. So not just repeating some of the same things too. Um, but that's where a lot of students would be like, can I add these things here? And I usually said no. But I wanted to ask sort of what you guys thought of that. Um, yes, what you said. So don't, don't use it as a as an opportunity to just tell us what you've already told us. We, we read every letter. We read every essay. We read every short answer question. Um, so we will see what you've what We you've read answered. all your activities. Yeah, we'll see everything that you've done. If there's something that you want to elaborate on, if it's new information. Mm-hmm. Um, something or, really passionate of yours that you just found you couldn't put in the application, but you want to make sure that we know. Don't spend time kissing our butts. <laughs> um, we know that you're interested in USC. That's an important part. <laughs> if you yeah. submit your application, we know that you're interested, so you don't need to demonstrate USC, that. USC does not practice demonstrated interest, which is a very important point, and we want to make that clear because a lot of universities do. And if you don't know what demonstrated interest is, it's basically this idea that, like, universities keeping track of your engagement with them, like, if you visited, you know, we'll give your application extra consideration. Every university does it slightly different, so I don't want to cast any aspersions as what it is. But my point is you don't need to worry about taking the time to tell us how awesome we are 
to think that it's going to influence your application. We know. Yeah. <laughs> we're well aware. We're, we know we're pretty cool. Um, I say that a lot about like emails. Like, don't email me. Just to say hi. Just to say hi with a long description of why you think USC is awesome. Like, uh, if you think about demonstrating interest, I, Becky said this already, if you've applied, I consider that demonstrating interest. That's phenomenal. <laughs> I don't need anything extra than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you don't need to send me things. Uh, you don't need to send any of us things. You don't need to add anything else to that. Like, I just applied, but I wanted to send you a copy of this, this, and this. I'm like, I have, I have nothing I have nothing to do with that. I, I, I'm going to go look at the application that you submitted because that's how we can compare all the same stuff. So, yeah, you don't need to add how cool USC is. But <laughs> anything else we should know is like, yeah, is there something about, like, Something that's happened, it could be negative, it could be positive, uh, something that's a huge part of what makes you who you are, you just couldn't figure out a way to answer it in those other questions, that's that's fine, tell us that. And then kind of going on a different path about um, the activities that you're involved in, um, we want to see what you're involved in, it kind of gives us an insight into your personality, the things you think are important, the things you enjoy doing, um, but it's more, that list is more about quality and not quantity. Yeah. Um, you know, if you were part of a student organization that you maybe went to a member meeting once a month for an hour and did nothing else, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't put that as your top, yeah. <laughs> you know, your, your first activity. Um, it's more the things that, that you've really spent a lot of time with, a lot of, a lot of time doing and participating in, um, leadership roles, things like that. So mm-hmm. when you're filling that out, think, think about that. It's more, we don't need 47 activities, you know, 10 quality ones, five quality ones is, is what we want to look at. And then I think sometimes students don't think about, um, you know, they'll, they'll fill out all the student organizations that they're involved in at their school, but they won't put this project that they were a part of over the summer that they went and presented at in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. um, because it, oh, it's not a student org, it's not, you know, it was only a two-week program. Great, put that in there because that is something cool and different and unique that, that you might have done that other students have not. Yeah. Uh, this can sound contradictory, but it's not. But this, the application <laughs> is also not a place to be humble. Like, <laughs> like tell us everything. Like, tell us what you've done. Uh, brag. Give us detail. Like, because otherwise we don't know it. Um, I'll give the example uh, two different students uh, doing the same thing in two high schools can have two distinctly different applications if one tells us more about what they do. Um, like listening activity is baseball, but the other kid says baseball this many hours a week, this is what I do, I'm the captain, I play this position, I also do all these other things. Like that tells us, okay, that's a depth of involvement that I can understand. Whereas mm-hmm. baseball, I don't know, you like sit on the bench you, yeah, well, not oh even that. are you on the team yeah. or do you just like baseball do you play with your friends on weekends go like, to dodger games sometimes right is, is it an, is it an interest of yours like yeah that's a really interesting idea like that's a that's a good point of describing the exact same not the, two students are doing the exact same thing but describing it in different ways mm-hmm. would mean that we have a different interpretation of it which means we think they're doing different things so um, well, I think this is a good point to, to, to wrap it up. So this is a good set of questions. I hope this helps everyone out there. Uh, we're going to get this up right as soon as possible. Yeah. Maybe? Okay. Next couple days. Uh, cool. So that means that uh, this is going to go up. And if you're listening to this and you're in the L.A. area on Sunday, November 18th, come to campus. Uh, Sunday, November 18th, Discover USC and our large Viterbi Expo. Check out viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash expo, E-X-P-O, to find out all the details and to register. Uh, but come by. we got a huge day. We've got 
so many lab tours. We've got micro seminars set up with our faculty and some of our students that are going over research topics and classes and projects. Um, you're going to see insides of labs. You're going to meet with our students and all the student organizations and design teams that are going to be out. Um, we're going to have a full presentation from me on the engineering school in the morning and also one in the afternoon. If you are coming, recognize that that fills up fast. And so it is. Um, we're limited by how many seats are in there. So if you don't, if you aren't able to get into the first session in the morning, you will need to come to the afternoon session. Um, and if you're not in the area, I am pretty sure we're going to live stream the presentation for the morning. So just check to our social media, check our blog at viterbiadmission.usc.edu for more details as we get closer. But Sunday, November 18th, everything starts at around 9 a.m. So hopefully we get here, uh, get here for a big day. Other than that, we're signing off, and we'll talk to you guys later. And that just about wraps up this week's second episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts for more content soon. We'll be releasing our extra special episode 100 next week, so keep an eye out for that. And be sure to come visit us on campus if you're close by. As Paul was saying, Discover USC is November 18th all day. Uh, we put on a full program and us, Viterbi Student Ambassadors, are super stoked to meet all of you guys. If you can't make it, no worries. We'll be live streaming the presentation and definitely keep up with our blogs at viterbivoices.usc.edu. And if you have any more questions about admission, check out viterbiadmission.usc.edu. <laughs> and that's about it. Peace out and fight on.